Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Cow Corner podcast. We're here to preview the India tour of Australia that's happening at the end of this year and the start of 2021. An exciting uh, series coming up and we'll look at the T20s, the ODIs and the tests that are coming up over the next few months. I am joined as always by Zach. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. And joining us again after his stint on the IPL podcast, Will, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, as I was a second ago. Thank you so much for asking. Boys, so good to have to you here. It is, and I, I really appreciate that. Let's start with some news, though, first in the world of cricket this week. Plenty going on, as there always is. There seems to be now. Now we're doing a podcast. I'm hyper aware of it. England's tour of Pakistan has been confirmed for October 2021. It's pretty much set up as a, a warm-up for the World Cup uh, of that year. So there'll be two T20s and England and Pakistan for the first time in a long time. So that's very exciting. Today, 18th of November, TalkSport confirmed they have exclusive rights to the South Africa tour. I'm a big fan of TalkSport's cricket coverage, so that'll be great. And they have had it before, I think last winter, that they had the test in South Africa as well. We've got a few more England BBL signings. Danny Briggs has gone to Adelaide. Um, the Sussex loving there is getting a bit creepy now. Rashid Khan, Jason Gillespie, Phil Salt, Danny Briggs. Will Jacks and Dan Lawrence have also been signed. We'll have a whole preview podcast for that coming up very soon. Um, and I'd like to quickly chat about the PSL final. Now, I didn't watch much of this. This was the delayed one, right? It was going on in February, March. I remember there being a game behind closed doors, and that was really strange. And now that's obviously the norm. But the final took place back in the last week. Zach, who won? What should I have taken away from it, even though I've missed the whole thing? Uh, I mean, there wasn't much to take away. So we had the playoffs over the weekend and then the final yesterday. Uh, The date is the 18th of November right now. So that was on the 17th. And I mean, Lahore hit 134 and it was it looked like a slow pitch, but that still looked under par. And then Babarazam came out and batted like Babarazam does. 
and hit 63 off 49 balls, not out to lead Karachi Kings to their first PSL. Both of these teams, it was their first time in the final. So we were guaranteed to have a new winner and the Karachi Kings won. You just said to me off air that Sami Patel was playing. That's that's crazy. He He's all right at Knots Outlaws, but what was he What was he like? Did he have a good game? But he bowled. He bowled okay. Four overs, one for 22. So that's very good. Nothing wrong with that. No, not defending much. Hit five off of eight balls. I hate innings like that. That's the Moe and Ali knock. They really wind me up. They just never quite get going. Um, Thank you for that, though, Zach. That was a good PSL update. And finally, in the news, the biggest and most exciting news of this week, the happiest news, next year's test schedule. Sorry, not test schedule, whole summer schedule has been announced in England. We've got quite a lot of cricket, actually. So three ODIs against Sri Lanka starting at the end of June. And then another three ODIs against Pakistan starting uh, in July. Then we'll move to some T20s against Pakistan in July. And then a fantastic looking test series against India. Edgebaston hasn't got a test. You boys in London and Leeds, respectively, you've got yourself a test. Are you excited for this series? I knew this was coming, but now it's on and there's dates and there's venues. I'm so excited to have India in the UK again. Yeah, it's really exciting. And we've been selling on the on the ticket hunt since the announcement was made. Um, I'm, I'm ang- angry as you are that we're, we're not getting an India test at Edgebaston because um, that's always a great occasion. Obviously, massive Indian community there in Birmingham. So that's always a fun one. I'm not quite sure why they've, they've dodged that, but incredibly exciting uh, cricket to look forward to potentially a test series against Sri Lanka sort of schedule depending so they might put a, a test at Edgebaston there how is your ticket hunt going for the oval will any any good so far or is it not quite there well yet? They're, they're doing a sort of ballot and then general release in January so I'm, I'm okay. fingers crossed and then Zach up in Leeds you're a member right you've got you've got priority access to this sort of stuff yeah hopefully so I was a member well meant to be a member for this year for the first time up at Headingley, but obviously didn't get to go to any games, which is a bit of a disaster. They did refund me, of course, and the people who the, the people who donated their membership get first dibs. So I'm not one of those, but I think I'm in the I'm in like the second or third bracket. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get tickets because we've got yeah one of the T20s against Pakistan, and then yeah I think the third test against India. So yeah, really exciting. Very exciting. Good for you, and good for you for being a member. And it's a shame you're not quite first in line, but I'm sure I'm sure second's pretty good. So that's next summer, all sorted, pretty much, bar a few extra dates that could be put in there. Very exciting. And we've obviously got England in South Africa over the winter. So that about wraps up the news for this week. Let's move on to the main uh, talking point for this podcast is India's tour of Australia starting on the 27th of November. So not long now at all, just under 10 days. Three ODIs, three T20s and four test matches. The first test match is a day-nighter in Adelaide, which I think will be India's first ever day-night test. First ever use yeah. of the pink ball. I can't wait to see that. Uh, that'll be the only test with Virat Kohli. We, we mentioned the news a couple of weeks ago that he will be leaving on paternity leave for the remaining three tests of that series, leaving Ajinka Rahane in charge. And oh, I, I can't wait for this. And we'll come on to the test squads um, at the end, well, toward the end of the podcast. We'll start with the ODI and the T20s. And beginning with Australia, they had a pretty good tour of England this this year, 2020. Losing 2-1 in the T20s, winning 2-1 in the ODIs, a pretty good showing against a good England side. And a squad that kind of matches that as well. Not too many changes. Daniel Sams and Cameron Green getting their first call-up. I don't really know what to say about this. Um, 
and I'm not that excited about them, not in a way that is negative, but in that there's no real new faces in there. A couple of players to watch, though. Zach, I'll come to you on this first. We spoke about Alex Carey over this summer, 2020. Do you reckon he's going to be able to find his place in this side more permanently and do a better job as either a finisher or as an opener, depending on where they put him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's in the side. Well, he's in the side because they have... I mean, he's in the side because they haven't got anyone else who's going to keep wicket. I think they're kind of still trying to find his role other than that because, like we saw, he opened, didn't do especially well, and he has finished. He finished and wasn't didn't seem to be a finisher at all. We thought maybe we'd see a bit more of him in the IPL, but we didn't see much, and what we did see was underwhelming like what we saw in England. So, yeah, I think... I think it's a big test for him because Matthew Wade obviously can keep wicket and could be knocking on the door of that spot. Looked better when he played in that. I think he only played in one T20 in England. So, yeah, I think Alex Carey's got to, just got to pull out the bag. I think Wade is in that squad, so he could obviously play for that position as well. And I think he is probably the slightly better batsman. Carey looked so promising at Sussex a couple of years ago, though. So, you know, hopefully he can come in and performing this tour at home. Daniel Sams is an interesting one. Now, we saw him in the IPL for Delhi Capitals, not offering that much. Left armour, one of those ones like Sam Curran or Trent Bolt that maybe can swing it at the top of the order. I don't know much about him. I mean, Will, we saw him in the IPL and he was okay, a kind of unknown name. Is there anyone from this Australia squad that scares you from an Indian perspective that could really you know, worry you in this ODI and T20 series? I think certainly from the short form matches, I think that the bowling attacks that they've got, I don't have a huge amount of faith in in the Indian batting coming across uh, coming uh, against that, especially Mitchell Stark, yeah. who um, has obviously sort of been been in and out of the Test lineup in recent times, but performed very very well in T20s in particular. Um, he seems like someone who could do some serious damage uh, to the India side. Um, again, weirdly. Although, again, another character who didn't have a great IPL, but Adam Zampas had a pretty good uh, few years for T20s for Australia. So he looks like a good option as well. I've always found with this Australia ODI or limited overs bowling, how similar it is to their test attack and how lethal that test attack is. They, they, they transfer those skills so well into the shorter format whilst doing very similar things, you know, line and length, et cetera, et cetera. Stoinis, I'd like to chat about him for a bit, Zach. He looked great in the IPL. He sort of teased us a bit in the England series about what he could offer. And I think he's going to be a real mainstay in the middle order for Australia for a long time. I don't know if you think the same. Yeah, I think he, I think he should be a mainstay in the middle. But whether it's in the middle order or yeah. at the top of the order is the real question. But I think I think at the moment it's... It's a case of the best place for Australia is to put him in the middle order because Aaron Finch and David Warner, I don't think they're going to break up that partnership, even though Aaron Finch, his form is so is so varied. And, and David Warner hasn't actually been in very, very good form. I mean, obviously, he scored a bunch of runs in the IPL like he does every single year, but he didn't in the England series. He wasn't great. So but there, I think that partnership is so important to them at the top of the order that I think that he will play in the middle order, even though it may not be his best position. He, he won't be the fifth bowler either, right? He's not going to bowl his full 10. He'll, he'll maybe chip in with a, with a couple here and there. I hope his bowling can improve. I think that would really help to cement his claim in that team. Um, and then, as you said, the Fincher-Warner opening partnership is so crucial to them. And then Labuschagne and Smith, 
again, mirroring their test lineup that can be so lethal. Both of these guys can score at a decent, you know, strike rate of 100 or above. I'll be interested to see how often that can happen against this good India bowling lineup. Let's come on to this India squad for the limited overs tours, um, the limited overs games. And I've, I've written down here the old guard versus the new guard and kind of both playing nicely next to each other. The old guard being Kohli, Jadeja, Shami, Bumra, and the new guys coming in. We've got a couple caps between them. Gil, Saini, Washington is in the T20 side. We'll come on to that shortly. Can't wait for him. But Will, what, what are you expecting from this India side? You can break up the ODI on the T20 squad if you like. They are a little bit more varied than the Australia squad. Do you expect to see many debuts handed out or caps handed out to the, these younger players? I would. And I think one of the interesting things is that you're right to highlight the, the gap between the old guard and some of the, the new boys. Um, and what's interesting is that the new guard that... I think a lot of people around India cricket thought was coming through was based around people like Rashad Pant, Sanju Sampson played the last few matches uh, before lockdown. Um, and a lot of those players either haven't had great performances from India or had really dodgy IPLs. Uh, pretty sure another one on that list who has opened uh, in previous games. So I think you're right that we're more likely to see players like Shubman Gill, uh, Saini, interestingly, uh, Chakravarti, who isn't young, but has played very, very few professional matches at any level. Um, is in the side for for his potential debut. So I think we will see certainly Chakravarti and Gill at some stage. Yeah, Zach, what do you think to to Gill coming into this squad? I think we highlighted him in the IPL, how sort of classical he looked, how aesthetically pleasing he is to watch bat. More suited perhaps this ODI squad. Do you reckon he could fit in and do a job that a Labashain and a Smith do at the top of the order for Australia and like a Williamson and a Root do for other countries? Sort of that classical batsman that can knock it around at about 100. Something like that. Yeah, I, I really like the look. I mean, I really like the look of Shubman Gill. He, like you said, cricket shots. He's classical. And I think exactly that. You've hit the nail on the head there, Dan. I'd love to see him in the ODI squad, um, in the ODI team, be playing that anchor role. It would be interesting to see how that works because obviously that is something that Virat often does for them. But he can go, I think Virat Kohli can go, obviously probably push his strike rate up a bit higher than that. So. I think they're, they're versatile players, and obviously Gil's so young that we'll be interested to see how he develops. I, I can't see at the moment a future really for him in the T20 side because they're so strong with so many top-order batsmen who are going to be able to hit a higher strike rate, and at the moment his strike rate isn't really high enough. This bowling lineup for me, as I mentioned with the Australia side, sort of mirrors the test lineup, and they can really transfer those skills nice and easily. Shami, Bumra. But I think where it changes is in, is in the spin department. And I love India's limited over spinners. Yuzvendra Chahal, Washington Sundar, obviously, when he comes into the T20 squad. Is this sort of the big difference between India and Australia? Do you reckon this spin? I know we mentioned Zampa. But Will, do you think these spinners for India on Australian wickets are going to be able to be as effective as they are at home? I'm not sure. That. And that's the big question, really. Um, and you've got lots of different spin options from India. It's an interesting lineup in that they've possibly got more options and more talented players than they have in recent years. Mm. But no real experienced heads who, who you go, right, you two are our first choice spinners and you'll play every game. Um, I think it'll probably be two or three of Washington Sunder, Jadeja might have a bowl, Chahal, Chakravarti. There are others who come in after that. Um, Kuldeep Yadav as well seems to play a lot of ODIs and then fall out of that team and now be preferred more in tests, which is an interesting one. 
Um, so they've got a few different options. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see uh, probably a, a starting two of Washington and Jahal, but see those two possibly replaced for, for the further ODIs and tests if if they're just not hitting it on, a, on an Australian wicket. Yeah. Sorry, mate, go on. Yeah, for me, I feel like uh, Washington Sundar might move into the Jadeja role as his career mm. goes on, just kind of can bowl and bat a bit. But because obviously we're not like, let's not forget how good a batsman Washington Sundar is, as you're, as you love <laughs> to tell us that. <laughs> and that's really important because I, I think it will be difficult for them to play two out and out spinners. They need one of them who, to be able to bat. He's definitely one of those players like Jadeja who averages 30 with the bat and the ball, just sort of half good at each. Do you know what I mean? Neither, not a really high batting average or a really low bowling average, somewhere in the middle. Kuldeep Yadav, I totally forgot about. I, I saw the name in there and I've just Googled him. What a bowler. Where's he been? Is he going to feature in this much, do you reckon, Will? I know you just mentioned him, but I remember him being really useful. Yeah, he had, he had great figures for the uh, last West Indies series from India, mm. um, although he didn't. He's again another one of those slightly odd players who isn't exactly young, but hasn't played all that many games uh, until quite deep in his career. So, for example, I don't think we saw him in England a couple of years ago, um, and he doesn't have that much experience outside of India. Um, but it is a great is a great option. Has bowled incredibly at times. Yeah, he but he didn't. He actually was because he, he's a he's a Kolkata Knight Rider as a as a mind. So uh, he <laughs> he uh, he didn't play many games in the IPL. He was dropped. I think a lot of the time for Chakravarti, who mm. will surely take precedent over him in the end. I think potentially a lot of the fact that he's a left arm unorthodox spinner could potentially play against him. The fact he's spinning it the same way as an off spinner would. So that might that might be something that counts against him. But I think it worked quite well in the World Cup, him and Chahal just kind of tying up the middle overs for India in, the, in ODIs. So potentially they'll go back to that. Chahal, I really like. I think he's my favourite of those spinners. He looked great in the IPL. He's he's pretty experienced now as well. So I think even on a, a non-turning wicket or a bouncier wicket that you might get in Australia, he'll get the most out of that. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Let's do predictions, boys, for these two series. So we've got three ODIs and three T20s. The ODIs are first. I'm going to write these down so we can reference how clever we are, or how thick we are in upcoming podcasts. We nail the IPL, you know, in, in parts. So, Will, let me come to you first. Give me a series result for the ODIs out of the three. Who do you reckon is going to edge it, or is it going to be a whitewash? I th- I'm going to give India a 2-1. Will says 2-1 to India. They- Go on, give me some reasoning behind that. What, you're just edging them 2-1 there. I'm not going to lie. It's primarily because I, I'm about to predict that without Cody, they'll lose the test series. And therefore, I don't want to be completely <laughs> despondent. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give them the ODIs. Um, but, but no, I think I, I think I think at this point, the, the ODI probably is their best format of the game in that they're, they're slightly caught between a new generation who play basically have been brought up on IPL cricket and play very high strike rate, aggressive cricket at the same time of, of having the old guards who are probably at their best in the test format um, and the IDI probably combines those two groups into into the best of both great reasoning I like that again much like your sunrises shout in the IPL podcast please go back and listen to them they were they were fantastic obviously you've defended that very well I'm going to agree with you on that I think India are just going to edge this to one in Australia after Australia played quite well against England but pretty much what Will said I like their depth a bit more than the Australia side I think they've just been playing a little bit more cricket than most of the Australia team as well. So with the IPL, so just going to edge it. 
Zach, are you going to agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree. Oh, because good. We need that. We need a bit of debate in it. We can't. In, the same, in the same way Will was going to give them the ODIs, I was going to give them the T20s because obviously all of the Indian players have just been playing loads and loads of T20 games. But I think this, we saw how good this Australia bowling attack is and pace bowling attack. And at home, this Australia pace bowling attack are, are fantastic, especially in ODIs, I think. So I think they're going to, I think Australia are going to edge the ODIs 2-1. And you're giving Indy the, the T20 series a scoreline, a whitewash or a 2-1? We'll go 2-1 again, I think. Okay, so 2-1 to India in the T20s. Will, are you going to back the Indians again in the shorter format here? I think uh, Zach makes a great point that they've just they've played more cricket, um, and and also a lot of the Australian top order, not least Smith and Warner, didn't have brilliant IPLs either. So mm. yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give Indy the T Twenty series. I'll give it them as well, and I'll go three zip. I'll give them the whitewash because again, I think I'm gonna the, the Test series could be quite a lot different for them. We'll see because if they're rubbish in the ODIs, all our predictions are really quite terrible here. But it's great to have them down, and we'll see how on the on the button we are with all this stuff. So we'll come back to that in a podcast in a few weeks' time. Let's move on to the test sides then, shall we? I think there's a lot more debate and interest going on between these squads and, and how they're going to field them. Like I said, four test matches. The first one being a day nighter, and we saw how different conditions can be. In Australia, New Zealand and England went when this kind of thing happens. And India is the first time to play with the people. And it'll be fascinating to see. Let's start with this Australia squad, which, again, I've written down the same story, much like with the ODI squad, bar a couple of positions that I think are really, really interesting and a real period of transition for Australia. And that is going to be their opening lineup, the opening batsman. Obviously, David Warner's in there. But we've got two lads coming out of the Sheffield Shield posting numbers that pretty much make them a definite pick or well, they're in the squad but for me they have to get selected that's Will Pukowski and Cameron Green Pukowski's 22 Green's 21 Pukowski an opening batsman uh, or high, upper order batsman and Green uh, a batting all-rounder Zach do you want to chat about these two really briefly their Sheffield Shield performances so far have been outrageous Bukowski, interestingly never opened before this Sheffield Shield and it's now pretty much from my money anyway got himself the opening position next to David Warner. Do you reckon he's going to get that place over Joe Burns, who's sort of the more senior man out of the two? I mean, they they seem to have picked a lot of this squad, obviously apart from the usual suspects, on the Sheffield Shield performances. And if they're picking uh, between Pukowski and, and Burns on the Sheffield Shield performances, there's no competition there. Pukowski's got 495 runs, in two games and Joe Burns has is well last and Joe Burns wasn't great in the last Australia summer last year in tests he was averaging 32 and he's got a high score of 29 in the Sheffield Shield so far and is averaging 11 so it's not great for him and I think it would be worth I think Pukowski's kind of been he's been tipped to be Australia's next great batsman that they seem to always have, you know, two or three of, uh, <laughs> for for a while. For a while now, there's been talk of him, and I think now it's the time, especially with the with that kind of place opening up, having having been an opener. I think Cameron Green, if anything, I mean this is debatable, is, is the more interesting one because he's been described as a mix of Don Bradman and Dennis Lilly, which is there's which not is a lot to live up to. to it's it's not bad. It's, He's hit 363 runs at 72 so far but uh, this year, <laughs> which isn't bad. 
he hasn't bowled due to injury, but can bowl at uh, about uh, very high speeds, about 140 uh, kilometers an hour, which is which is pretty fast considering he's a batting all rounder. I mean, from what I've seen of his batting, he looks he looks very good against the short ball, which will be interesting. But looked a little he looked a little bit questionable against spin in his 197 Ooh. against Nathan Lyon. There was a lot of I mean he hit 197 so you can't really uh, can't really complain. But there was quite a few edges going through questionable questionable shots that went for four. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against obviously the supreme uh, spin attack of India. He's definitely the more exciting one to really mix his team up a little bit and add the B-word balance, of course. And I think having that fifth bowler or sixth bowler, would it be? Fifth or sixth bowler would just be a little bit more interesting for Australia to have in the middle order, batting above Payne, who I think is a bit high at seven for me. Don't like his batting too much. And then Pukowski, I've seen his name about loads for the past couple of years. And like you said, it feels like his time is now... Joe Burns is averaging somewhere around 16 in the Sheffield Shield, really not looking that great, but is the experienced hand and maybe they'll give him the first test, see how he does, then bring Pukowski in. Both are in the squad, obviously, um, and we'll probably get a game at some point, depending on form. Pukowski's faced 700, well, he faced rather 733 deliveries before getting dismissed this year. He's obviously in form. I'd get him straight in there. We'll see. We'll obviously see. Same with Cameron Green, I think maybe. And the other question I had for this, actually, is Travis Head, who is in the squad. Do you reckon he'll get his, him a place in the in the middle order, sort of six again? It doesn't offer much with anything with the ball. I'm struggling to see him in there. I don't think his Ashes 2019 gave him much help. Do you reckon, Zach? I think it'll be it'll be kind of two of Travis Head... Wade, I suppose, is, is kind of in there as well. Matthew Wade and um, Cameron Green. So it'll be interesting to see what they go with. Maybe because it's a pink ball test, like that could change the, the team selection. Like we said, it could it could definitely it should I mean it should definitely affect the um, bowling selection, but it could also affect who they pick out of that because they might want to go with the, the experience, like you said, to get the start in the series. And I think that starts can be very important with the Virat Kohli situation, which we'll come on to shortly. As for the bowling attack, much is the same. For the squad, you've got Pat Cummins, Mitch Stark, Josh Hazelwood, uh, James Pattinson, Michael, is it Michael Nessa? Nessa and Abbott are sort of the two, um, the COVID covers, as Zach said off air earlier, which I quite like, very alliterative. Will, do you think they're going to employ the same tactic they did in England um, during last Ashes series in 2019 of having three of Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Pattinson on a rotation for these four tests? Yeah, they might well do. I mean, it, it comes so hot on the heels of a lot of cricket in, in the limited over series with not much rest time. And obviously you don't know what the player's fitness is like coming out of the whole pandemic situation. So I wouldn't be surprised to see rotation like that at all I thought it worked so well for them in the Ashes series and people were surprised to see you know Pattinson drop for Siddle for one test and and coming back in and out and thinking why don't you stick with the same you know pace attack and I think it really worked for Australia England did it quite a lot this summer 2020 summer obviously with the situation it was a lot different but I thought that worked for them as well and I think if they all buy into that that they might lose a test here and there um, not lose a test they might miss out on a test here and there the respective player I think that's a good system to have and to manage this workload. 
let's look at their probable 11. This is what I've got written down. I saw this on Twitter of, of an angry Australian who didn't like Travis Head being in the squad. Uh, Warner with Pukowski opening, Labashane, Smith, Wade as wicketkeeper batting at five. Now, I don't know if that's a bit high for him. Did he bat at five in England in 2019? I, I think so. I think he may have even batted up at four, but that wouldn't make any sense. I, I imagine him as a No, he might four, have when Smith he... wasn't playing, though. He might have when Smith wasn't playing that one time. He, he did get 100 in, in one of those test matches. I can't remember which one now. So maybe that isn't too high for him. Yeah, I think it. I think he got a hundred. It was. It was in one of the last two, which would have meant Smith was back. It was either oh, yeah. at Old Trafford or at the Oval, but he must have batted at five. Yeah, uh, there's no way they put him at four unless there was a an injury or a, he wouldn't even be a night watchman. Either way, this guy had him down at five, which I don't think is too high for him. Um, I know he wouldn't be wicketkeeper either, of course, because Payne would be wicketkeeper. So playing him as just a batsman again, an interesting one. This man, random man again, uh, had uh, Cameron Green at six. I reckon that will be head just for that first test, give him one more chance. I'm not sure what the climate in Australia is like around head's you know, value at the minute. Uh, Payne at number seven, captain and wicketkeeper. Cummins, Stark, one of Hazelwood or Pattinson, and then Lyon. I'll put him at 11. He's probably a 10. I, I doubt he'll care. Which looks to me like a really, really strong lineup. And they look great in England. Uh, in 2019, which was last time I watched him play Test cricket, and I think this is a even slightly stronger team. Is it going to be enough to overpower India, though? Is the big question. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, they, they, in. they lost. They lost the last. I can't remember the exact name of the trophy that they caught that is between India and Australia. The Border, the border Gavaskar. Gavaskar. There we go. Nice one. The prestigious prize. I wish yeah, they, they wouldn't lo- call it by the names. It's just a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Can't they just get a sponsor on it or something? That's a horrible shout. <laughs> <laughs> just call it the, I don't know, who are they sponsored by now? The, Al- the Altros. Yeah, <laughs> the Altros <laughs> trophy. That would be much more like it. I'm sure I'm sure they'd go for that. Anyway, sorry, Zach, we stopped you mid-Australia. We're going to win this series um, discussion there. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say they're going to win 3-1. That it's going to be the Virat Kohli show. They're going to go 1-0 down and <laughs> they're going to win the last three tests. Okay, well that's actually a perfect segue to the Virat Kohli situation for this series. Now, he is playing the first test, which is that day-night test in Adelaide, and then heading off on paternity leave, leaving Ajinka Rahane in charge. My first question will is how big a loss is he going to be? Glenn McGrath in the previews this series said Virat is worth two players as batsman and captain. How big will his loss impact the series? And as Zach just said there, he's predicting quite high. Do you think the same? And who might come in for him? Yes, yeah, so I think, I mean, I, I broadly agree with Zach that they probably have a good chance of winning with him and a, and a much, much reduced chance of winning without him. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a 2-1 or 3-1 Australia score with India winning the first test. He's a massive loss for India, not only with the bats, where he is, I think, still the second ranked batsman in the world. Um, in his all-round you know, presence in the dressing room, the way he captains the side, even though his his captaincy decisions when it comes to reviews in particular have been mocked on on Twitter <laughs> quite rightly so often. What he brings to the side in terms of getting them focused and in particular making Indians field properly, which is something that prior to 10 years ago was, was an Achilles heel. 
um, is a is a massive loss. And partly just having someone to have a go at players in the field is is something that a few of those Indian players I think do need. And I'll be honest that having Virat Kohli depart and and leave Rahane in charge, <laughs> it doesn't imbue massive amounts of confidence. It, it's, it's such a, a, it's two such different characters, isn't it? That's what it is. Do you know what? It, it has substitute teacher energy written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> You can just see the Indian dressing room comp- suddenly completely losing focus with, with Rahane desperately trying to get some discipline back. They'll change um, I'll go, oh, sir, we always sit here. Oh, you know, I always sit in this group, you know, and exactly. the cricket's going to um, hurt because of that. I'm just picturing Chahal throwing things at the back of Rahane's head while he's, <laughs> while, while he's trying to get, deliver the team meeting. He'll write on a smart board with a permanent marker and just ruin it for everyone. Like, sir, that's, that's not there's a permanent marker. Um, and it's it's a double problem for India because it's in some way an interesting parallel to the Australian situation where you've got um, Rani will obviously be the be the captain for the first game alongside Payne and you'd, you'd probably say if those two weren't the captains would they even be playing because um, they're not the best batsmen in the world um, which is slightly unfair to Rahane because he does have a, a pretty good test average I think just under 43 for mm. India but there are others in the last couple of years who you think not least Kale Rahul, Rohit Sharma Gill coming through who probably might threaten to replace him in that in that test batting side so if he doesn't bat well there could suddenly be a lot of pressure on his his position otherwise I'm just going to miss as a neutral Coley's just anger in the field just his energy just his like a kid who's had too many panda pops energy running around the field the kind of beef he had with Tim Payne um, a few years ago was so much fun I wanted to see that back again and hopefully he leaves it all out there for that first test, which I'm sure he will. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the, isn't the, the, the pain quotes. I'm like, you, you can't like him as a bloke. And it's, yeah, yeah. Which, but you look at the rest of the Indian players and most of them are quite likable, which yeah. may, may, maybe isn't a very good thing in a cricket side. Maybe you need a bit of a, a competitive so-and-so. Um, I think the other, the other massive question which you asked is, is who replaces him in that side? Um, and it's interesting because... Uh, you know, I've tried to come up with a, a predicted Test 11 for India, which is obviously difficult when we've had no cricket for nearly a year. Um, but a lot of the big characters would much rather open than play anywhere else, um, which means there are difficult questions as of who you leave out and who I think Gill will come in direct for Kohli. But in some ways, the bigger question is, what do you do with the rest of the order? Um, because Kohli would prefer to play a three, but historically in the last few tests, Pajara's made that number three position his own. He was the player of the series last time India toured Australia. Um, so he's probably going to come in at three, which means if you don't play one of Rohit Sharma or Kale Rahul in the opening pair, uh, and it looks like Mayank has made the one position in the opening two his own, no one's really contesting him for that slot now. So you can only play one of KL or Rohit Sharma. Then suddenly the one you leave out has to come in at four or five, which they really don't want to do. So there are, there are interesting selection choices for India throughout. It's really kind of sent into a bit of a mess, hasn't it, that that loss? The openers are interesting, and I like how, that's a good point, that it will kind of reverberate down the rest of the batting order. Zach, who do you reckon will open or should open? And is are they going to play Sharma and KL in the same team, are you saying, Will? But obviously in different places. I think it's very difficult to squeeze them into the same team, but I'm interested what Zach thinks. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Shubman Gill, like I've already said, and I think uh, I think I think he, I mean I think he deserves his chance because well, 
obviously wrote Sharma is a fantastic player. Carol Rahul hasn't been great in recent test matches. So I think uh, there was a lot of shock to see him in the squad. So I, it's difficult, isn't it, though? Because I can't, I can see them not opening with Gill because other players are kind of would take precedent over this young guy coming in. But buying him down the order, which I mean, as far as I know, he he opens the batting in first class cricket and averages he averages over 60. So I think he does deserve a shot. Obviously, it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult test. I mean, obviously, it's a difficult test. <laughs> uh, that's the whole point. But yeah, against Australia in Australia. But I, I think but what they do with Vihari might be interesting as well because he's batted at six quite a lot, but has batted at four a lot in in first class cricket. So potentially he'll be promoted, and then well, who knows what they do with the middle order? Though. I'm interested to see what Will has for his team. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to this eleven. We'll come on to it in a minute. We'll, we'll just tease it for now as we as we talk about specific positions. Perhaps with Gill they could do. What England? I always talk about England. I'm sorry about that. But I'm English. It happens with us. But with England, what they'll often do is bring in a, a young player from the county circuit and put him in at six. And then as he settles into the team, Ollie Pope, for example, they, he gets pushed up the order. Perhaps with Gill, they'll bring him in at six just to protect him a little bit. Or do you feel that's just a total waste of his talent? And if he's going to be in this team, just put him where he bl- deserves to be for the long haul. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I hadn't really considered that they might do that. It's in some ways the easy way out. Yeah. You don't have to leave any, any experience. You just hide, out, you hide them in. away. And if he gets out, he gets out, you know. And if he's in at 50 for four, it's not his fault. And if it's 200 for four, he, he might get a knock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. And they might well do that for his, his test debut. I, I think it's probably the wrong thing to do. I mean, it, it, it reminds me of, I know you guys have spoken about him before, England shoving Tom Banton in deep down the order and yes. expecting him to do things that he's not really comfortable doing. Um, so I think I'd, I'd much rather see him come straight in in his favourite position. I mean, Zach alluded to his average, which I think is just under 73 for his first class career, which is ridiculous. That's outrageous. Um, and when you compare that to Rohit Sharma, who's, who's, who's been very poor outside of India, I think outside of India, he averaged 23, Rohit Sharma. So it, when you just put that calculation together, there is probably a case for sticking him in in the opening too. Will, give us this um, starting 11 you think then and we can chat about because I want to chat about the wicket-keeping position, who might take the gloves and yeah. then obviously the bowling attack, who's going to be spinner. So what do you reckon this first 11 is going to be for the first test? So it's I think for the first test, with, with Coley still in it, I mean, obviously the, the massive caveat is is these tests are happening after six limited format games. So so whoever plays really well in those will probably take yeah. a claim and stay in. But I'm going to hang my neck out and say it'll be something like Mayank and Kale Rahul opening, Pajara at three, Kohli at four, Rahane at five, and then I think it'll be between Jadeja and Vihari to come in after that, and between Pant and Saha to keep. And then yeah. I think they'll have, they sound like they're going to bowl Umesh Yadav with Bumrah, and then Spinners is, is, is debatable because they don't really like Jahal in tests. Um, so I've I've gone with Ashwin and Kuldeep, but I'm I'm not sure that's what will happen. Do you think they'll play two spinners definitely then? I think they certainly will for the first. Um, yeah. Partly because they don't I don't know who they would bring in and let you you either have to stick with Shami for the extra pace who they, which historically they have, they haven't liked recently in tests or you bring 
um, signing straight in for his debut. Well, that was going to be my question on this bowling attack because it, Yadav, Umesh Yadav and Zach, you, you kind of frowned and yeah, you're doing it now when we mentioned his name. I think I'm the same. He's just a bit, a bit underwhelming. I'd rather see the young quick kid come in, give that a go. Why not? Well, actually, I'd rather see Siraj come in. Whoa, mm. whoa, that's left field. For the first test as the day-nighter, pink okay. ball, Adelaide, yeah. ball swinging around, and we've mm. seen what he was doing on green tops in, in, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. I would really love them to just stick it out there and be like, right, we're playing the guy who swings the ball around a bit more. I think that's a great shout, actually. I completely agree. Let's go. Let's have that. That could be that could be Carol Corner's big call for this for this series, lads. Is Siraj going to get a start in that first test? What you said there, Zach, it all makes sense though. Yeah, I mean, I, although I I don't think they will do it because it's a bit of a risk. Mm. I would love to see it happen, and if it does happen, I will be. I mean, I I will watch as much as I as much as the time the time difference allows. Anyway, but I will be watching even closer, maybe staying up later uh, if Siraj gets the nod. Uh, could we talk about Jadeja Vahari at number six there? I think maybe playing Jadeja would give them that spinning option without having to play two spinners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. I know, but I, think... I don't know, is Vahari a better batsman? No, let's be honest, neither of them are very good batsmen. Um, <laughs> and that... <laughs> Vahari has, has got away with an international career for quite a long time now on the base that he's a member of the Kohli club. Um, where Virat Kohli, as much as he's a, he's a brilliant captain in many ways, he does have his, his favourites who become undroppable seemingly in despite their performances rather than because of them. Um, so I, I, I would not at all be surprised to see Vahari play the first test, although neither of them are particularly uh, batting options that, that fill you with confidence. And then one more word in this pace attack then. You're thinking Bumra and Yadav, just the two of them, and then alongside two spinners... Uh, who do you say, Yadav and R. Ashwin? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I'm basing that not so much on what I want to see as just the sort of noises that are coming out of the India camp and, and, yeah. and the teams that they fielded recently. Um, for whatever reason, they they do seem to prefer Imesh Yadav. That, that, that may change, obviously. Um, and again, I, I don't think Ashwin will play all the tests by any means. Um, Call Deep neither, in all likelihood. Um, and I think if, if you're going to bring in a, a third pace option, which I think they probably will end up doing further down the series, um, I completely agree with Zach. I think Siraj is, is the much more promising um, option there. Who would you have, Zach, in this in this bowling attack then? You've mentioned Siraj. Obviously, Bumrah's an automatic pick with how good he is. Is there a case for, you know, Shami, Saini as well could get his debut? Yeah, I, I think I think for me, I would I would kind of rather go for a, I'd rather go for a part-time second, like second spinner as a part, well, not a part-timer, but, you know, like a Jadeja or something, just to kind of give them more options so they could have three three paces and kind of look at it. I would go, obviously, Bumrah, and then I think it would kind of depend on the wicket. So if we're looking at, like I said, if we're looking at the day-night test, looking like I'm moving around a little bit more, go for Siraj. But then if there's going to be, a, if it's a fast, bouncy pitch, which is what, you know, we come to expect from every other test match in Australia, then go for Saini because he has that extra pace. And it would be really interesting to see how these debutants go. I hope they get a start as well at some point in this series. I think we all agree that along the way they might all get a game, not the whole squad, but these players we've mentioned should get a game. 
And that's going to depend on how it goes for India. Of course, if they win that first test, they might only make the one change of Kohli, that enforced change. If they lose, I mean, anything could happen. And then there's obviously the pitches to look at as well. And that, for me, is why I think India are going to lose this series. I think Australia have the better bowling lineup anyway, especially in home conditions. But this sort of indecisiveness, perhaps, around the starting eleven might make them struggle. I'm going to go... Uh, I'll go 3-1 as well. I'll go with Zach. 3-1 Australia for this. I'm not going to make it a whitewash, and I don't think they can... You know what? I'm going to go 2-2. I'm going to squeeze a draw out of this series. I'm going to go for it. They're going to win that first test. And then the third, I don't know. But I'm going to go for 2-2. Will, give me your prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go similar. I think I'll go for 2-1 for with one test drawn somewhere in there. Nice, um, nice. Just because that sometimes tends to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think in, in terms of, of, of talent, I think there's a lot to like in the India team. And, and these two are probably the two best teams in the world. So it'll be an incredibly yeah. exciting contest. I just feel that, as you've have very well outlined with the Australian team, they've got a very good top order sort of core batting lineup and very good bowling lineup which are pretty settled and in, and the, in one, the India side in, in the India side you're not sure who's opening you're not sure who's coming for Kohli or which big names you leave out and you're not sure who's keeping wicket and you don't know who's bowling so, so that kind of unsettled um, lineups I think might prove a problem for them so I'll go 2-1 Australia okay predictions are in then we've got them for the ODIs and the T20s I, I know you spoke about this a lot and I'd want to come on it one more time, is the is the Cody situation there. Will, you gave us that 11 there. Let's talk about the second test and Cody's out. Do you just put Gill in there and keep the same lineup? Obviously, we'd have a test to reflect on then, but if this if the test without Cody was tomorrow, would you do the same lineup yeah. in there and just put Gill in and not change that batting order up too much? Yeah, I think I think that's, that's the, the easiest way you, you get around... Um, any other problems and anything else you, you kind of have to, have to start shifting around the, the whole rest of the batting lineup. Um, as I said, I think it will depend who plays well in the, in the ODIs and, and T20s. Um, but I think the best thing to do probably is stick Gilstray in. I think that's what we all want to see as well. So let, let's just like bring it into life. Let's just think about it hard enough that it, that it happens in that second test. And then for me as well, I think, you know, I've, I've said, I've gone for a draw, which I'm kind of regretting now what we're saying, but if one of Labashane and Smith has one of them have has one of those series, you know, where they just look outrageously good, they're leaving it in that stupid, annoying way, which means they're obviously buzzing and feeling good about themselves. That is going to be dangerous for India with a bowling attack that is, you know, a bit up in the air, as you mentioned. Um, Zach, Labashane or Smith, who's going to have the better series out of the two, if you had to pick one right now? Uh, I, I'm going to pick Labashane just because I like him more. Because I want to, I want to see Labuschagne do well. I don't want to see Smith do well, but Labuschagne's just a really likable Smith, and he's been, he's been, he's also been good in, in the Sheffield Shield so far this year. So hopefully, long may it continue until next year when we play them, and then hopefully he can lose some form. Exactly, exactly. And Smith's coming off of a really underwhelming IPL, not looking in too much rhythm. So, and Labuschagne is his sort of. Smith is sort of idle and he's just a more likable version. I think he's taken everything from Smith that we like and left the other things, especially the guitar playing and singing to one side. For now, we don't know what he might do. So that's it. That's that's the, the series coming up. Like I said, it starts on November the 27th, um, runs all the way until 2021. We've got a Boxing Day test in there as well, which is so exciting. And our predictions are there. We've put our necks out on the line again, boys. And, you know, are they going to be right? That's the, that's the big one, I guess. Dan, can I throw one really last last rogue shout in? 
Go on, mate. I love a rogue shout. Just looking at the squads, I think India are an all-rounder, light, which might be a problem. They don't have anybody doing the sort of Stokes role, for want of a better term. You can bowl a bit and bat a bit, apart from Jadeja with the spin. Um, and on, on Aussie-style pitches, I'm just going to throw in Hardik Pandya in tests. Might be a Ooh. nice addition to the squad. He has a test century to his name, would you believe? Scored, no. scored 23 off and over, I think, against Sri Lanka. So it, it can be done. Well, last time he was in England, or sorry, India in England, he played and he looked all right. He bowled angrily. I like that, especially on Australian pitch. I like it too, but I don't know how, how injured he is with his... I think he had a shoulder problem that was stopping because he didn't bowl throughout the whole of the IPL. But on paper, I love it. But that the fact he hasn't bowled in... Well, he probably hasn't bowled since February means he might that that might not happen i think if they see a really bouncy wicket they'll just go like saney pandia shammy bumra and just try and knock their heads off for three for five days i like that though and i think the Siraj shout as well could be carol corner really breaking cricket and predicting things that you know es quick info and talk sport just aren't doing at the minute you know we're really we're putting our, our neck out there so the predictions are in that's your preview for this very exciting series and we'll have review podcasts on each of the series as they are finished so the odis first the t20s and the test as we move toward christmas a very exciting tour and some exciting predictions put on the line that'll about wrap it up uh, for this preview zach thank you so much for joining me thank you and will again thank you so much for joining us thank you very much We will see you guys soon and thank you very much for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.